Hello and welcome to the Weekend at Hernie's podcast. Uh, my name is Dylan Jackson. I'm joined by Chase Pletcher and Steve Sears. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. You know, just just living the dream during quarantine. So. Yep, all right. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, uh, we've had a pretty eventful off-season uh, down in Charlotte. Uh, lots of stuff has happened. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, the first thing, Cam Newton, you guys know what happened. Everybody knows what's happened. Uh, Chase, what's your take on everything? Um, you know, just like Cam Newton being gone and, you know, what he's meant to the city of Charlotte and um, Marty Herney getting rid of the best player in franchise history, you know, just all of it. Yeah, just all that. Um, you know, <laughs> it can't be stated enough how important he is to the city of Charlotte. So, like, I don't want to dwell. I don't want to talk about that too much. I think all of us know how much he meant. And really, my thing with him leaving was, okay, I get it. Matt Rule's the type of coach. David Tepper's the type of guy. They both seem like the type of guys that want to build their own thing. They want to like prove that they build it from the ground up. That's what I mean. Rule was a college guy. That's all college guys are. Tepper is rich. That's how most rich guys are. Um, so that's, it's not surprising, I guess, that they didn't want him anymore. But really the thing was is how they handled it. They completely tanked any value he had. They waited until Teddy signed. They waited until Foles got traded. They waited until Mariota signed. All these things. Just say, for example, he's free the same time Mariota's free. Maybe the Raiders get him instead. Just something like that. So really my feeling, I'm just sour on how it all went down because of how they handled it for Cam. Yeah, they handled that possibly the worst way you could handle that kind of situation i mean literally said their goodbyes like while he was still on the team so like what team is going to in their right mind send you anything after you do something like that right it's just very frustrating and like maybe he is completely beaten up and injured and will never be the same again so it's not like i can be only mad for the sole fact we don't have cam anymore but obviously they did not handle this well yeah, I mean, they waited until, you know, every team had exhausted every option. I mean, Nick Foles, do you really think he's traded for if Cam Newton's on the open market? I mean, I just, I can't really see it. Uh, I mean, you already mentioned it with Marcus Mariota as well. I mean, Cam Newton's just, he's a lot better than Marcus Mariota. He's a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks. And by the camp, by the Carolina Panthers waiting as long as they did, they kind of screwed Cam over. And the way they did it too, I mean, announcing, basically, I mean, the way that they phrased it, on you know all of their social media pages kind of at they kind of you know phrased it to where cam newton was looking into a trade whereas you know cam newton wanted to stay on the panthers for the entirety of his career um he wanted to stay in carolina and the carolina panthers wanted to you know bring in teddy right exactly and even another team i was thinking about was the colts to the colts get rivers so quickly if cam is a free agent right at that time i don't know something tells me maybe not but Anyways, yeah. Any final thoughts, Steve? I'm trying to move on from it, so let's just... Let's <laughs> just <start. laughs> all right, uh, let's just go ahead and quickly break down some of the free agency moves that happened. Uh, first of all, Cam Newton's replacement. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was brought in on a three-year $63 million deal, I believe it was. Uh, anyways, the, the way the contract was structured, it's, it's more like a you know, two-year deal of about $40 million with the third year kind of being a team option sort of thing. So um, what do you guys think of Teddy Bridgewater being the new franchise quarterback 
and what he's going to be able to bring to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, uh, I was for the role on saying franchise quarterback, but that's- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, first string quarterback. So, well, I'll say I don't like it at all. Um, I think if you're going to take the route of, oh, we want to wipe the slate clean, rebuild, like I was saying they wanted to do, why are you getting a guy that, I mean, Teddy's not old, but no one's saying he's a young asset. Why would you get a guy about the, about the middle of his career that isn't a star when you're trying to rebuild? Like, just roll with what you got this year. Roll Should have rolled with Kyle or will or i guess now pj i mean we don't have kyle anymore but this was kyle didn't leave till after the fact so why would you not roll with one of those either hope you luck out with the quarterback this year or you set yourself up for either trevor lawrence or justin fields i don't know seems really strange to me and then to take it a step further is if you were if you felt the need to sign a free agent quarterback if you absolutely had to Jameis winston's better than teddy is James, Agreed. Do we really think Jameis would have been any more expensive than Teddy? No. Maybe at what, a million dollars more per year average annual value, if not less or the same? I don't know. Yeah, I agree with the whole Jameis thing. Um, Yeah, but with Teddy, I, I mean, like, I feel like it makes sense from, like, a bridge quarterback perspective if you're bringing in a young guy because, I mean, we're not going to get Burrow this year. And then two is probably our most likely candidate of being on the team. So, I mean, if you draft Tua, who's been injured with his, you know, his recent problems, and then let him kind of sit behind Teddy for like a year, maybe even half a year, and let Tua rock, then like, I guess it kind of makes sense a little bit, but still, it's a lot of money for, you know, just the backup quarterback like Teddy is. Yeah, I mean, he's just a glorified backup quarterback, in my opinion. He isn't making, you know, as much money as at least the top guys in the NFL. However, I mean, that doesn't make the contract any better. I honestly would have just rather, you know, gone with P.J. Walker and comfortably gone 0-16 and grabbed one of the two top quarterbacks next year. I mean, I I would have been perfectly fine with that. Um, you know, yeah. that guarantees your failure for that first overall pick, you know, we're, yeah, right. I mean, we're all as fans, we're all cool with that. But like, obviously from an organization perspective, you, oh, yeah. you want to at least try. So like, I can kind of get that, but yeah. And I, and I don't want to make it seem like my vendetta is all against Teddy. I think he deserved, he proved he deserved the shot to start somewhere. Um, it doesn't make sense for either side, really. I think for it to be here, that that's really the reality of it. <laughs> Just doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, well, him and Brady, man, that connection. Yeah, that <laughs> could not be more overstated. Like, <laughs> it's turning into that Sean McVay thing. Like, oh, hey, who, guess who's assistants at the same time Sean McVay was? He should be a coach, too. Like, that's kind of what it feels like to me. Like, that means nothing to me. The fact right. that they were both at the Saints at all. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't calling plays. It wasn't really even designing plays or anything like that. He was just an offensive assistant. So I don't really, I mean, the narrative's there for the media if they really want it. Uh, but I just, I don't think it's a very good rationale yeah. as to why we made this just, this signing. Like, I'm no, sure no. He, he's jotted some notes down while he was in New Orleans. But, like, I would be extremely surprised if he came out with just, like, a carbon copy of the Saints offensive playbook. 
Right, exactly. Uh, Especially since we play the Saints twice a year. Yeah, like, honestly, like, <laughs> wouldn't, it wouldn't really be any like not even impressive. Like, why, like, why would it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um. Uh, another another depressing Panthers news. Um, we've got Luke Keekley retiring, which is, I mean, it is what it is. I guess you can't really do anything about that. The departure of. Greg Olson, I was... uh, James Bradbury, yeah. <laughs> Gerald McCoy, Eric Reed, and Trey Turner. Uh, I guess to kind of almost summarize on all those, Luke, like you said, can't do anything about it. I mean, he was awesome. Really can't say much else. Greg, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'd rather, I don't know. I just think he should retire. Um, Bradbury is the one kind of have an issue with. Um, I'd rather would have paid him than Shaq. I, other people have different opinions on that. I think Bradbury is more important than Shaq. McCoy, don't really care. I don't blame him. Eric Reed's a little odd. Um, he wasn't great last year, wasn't really used in the right way, but it feels like it's kind of more like they're trying to get rid of the people like Cam and Reed type thing. That's why it's a little fishy to me. Um, and then Turner, I just thought, I don't, I'm not a huge Trey Turner guy, but I thought the deal was really weird. <laughs> What'd you say about yeah? The, I mean, go ahead, Steve. So, what'd you say about the Turner deal? You like cut out on my end. Oh, sorry. I just thought the deal was weird. Like, I wasn't against shopping him, but to get back, what well, we didn't even get a pick back, did we? No. Oh, yeah. So that it, it's just really weird to me, especially now that we're rebuilding. It's like, so let's just actually get older on the offensive line. That I don't know. Seems really weird that part, but. Yeah, I mean, you lose all these guys, and in return, you get a fifth-round pick and possibly the worst one in Kyle Allen. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I mean, it doesn't really make... I personally would have rather paid Bradbury than Shaq Thompson as well. I thought he was actually, you know, a really, really solid corner. And I think $15 million per year, while it is a little rich, you do have to retain a guy like that, mm -hmm. especially when you're in a division with, you know, Michael Thomas, uh, Evans, Godwin you know, Julio Jones. So exactly. You've got all these really good receivers and now your number one corner is Dante Jackson. And I, don't, I can't even name another corner on the roster. Corner. So Jeff Okuda. I mean, here's <laughs> <laughs> <Yo. laughs> open. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Steve, do you have any thoughts on, you know, who, who left? Uh, I mean, like you guys said, shout out to Luke. We appreciate what he did, but you know, I, we all understand why he's gone. Greg, I thought that was all weird and fishy to me because, I mean, y'all saw on Instagram when he came out and was like, I think, was it during Cam or Trey Turner's departure? And he was like, yeah, sounds about Cam. right. And oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like something weird's going on in the front office. But, like, whatever. But, I mean, I thought he was, I thought he should have retired as well. Like, he's, I mean, like, you know, he used to hang him up. Bradbury. I would have liked to see Bradbury. I wasn't, like, the number one fan of his, but, like, oh. as y'all said, in, like, you need corners on this team. So, like, definitely you got to keep a guy like him around. Uh, McCoy is kind of whatever. He sucked last year. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, Trey Turner. Yeah, that whole deal was fishy, like Chase said. So, I mean, y'all covered all the grounds. What do we think about signing Robbie Anderson to a two-year, $20 million deal? I don't know how we did it. Because it's a great deal, <laughs> right? Great deal. I love it. I, you got. I mean, we talked about wanting Robbie in like January. 
like that was definitely a big target. It's a little different now because I thought Cam was going to be here, but <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different when you've got you know Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback versus Cam Newton. So can't really get the ball to him, but I mean, hey, at least he's on your roster. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a great pickup. It kind of almost solidifies our receiving core because now we have Robbie Curtis and EJ. So like that's honestly the, probably the best like trio of receivers we've had maybe forever. So like I, I think it's right. Good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how you know the tight end position develops, and obviously Christian McCaffrey is a receiver too. Um, and we'll we'll kind of get to him in a second. But um, you know DJ Moore, really really good player. At least he was last year. I think he had like thirteen hundred yards with Kyle Allen at quarterback for the majority of the year, which is, I mean, that's just impressive when you consider his circumstances i think a lot of it was you know rack as well so i really do like dj Moore, curtis samuel uh that's your guy chase why don't you uh go on about him and how the panthers should pay him oh the see the panthers should have been working on extensions for both him and moton i mean they they knocked it out of the park with the 2017 draft and i would like them to keep all of those guys i mean we don't have Butker anymore, but even Arma, I would love to keep. But yeah, they need to f- pay him now because say the Teddy thing works out. If Teddy's even just marginally better throwing up field than Kyle Allen was, which I think he can be, I think he has the ability. I just think in his brain he doesn't want to. But if, if like Curtis has even a marginally better year, the price might be too much for us, depending on what the cap situation's like next year. Like. He like Kyle yeah. Allen really tanked his value, which sucks for him. But almost from an organizational standpoint, they should have jumped on that. Like they should know, they should be able to look at Curtis and know how much he means without looking at what his like yardage totals were from last year. Is my point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can all see just looking at the film how he's just killing DBs almost every play. Excuse me, almost every play. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like if if we can see that, surely our front office can see that. So I don't know why they haven't locked him up, but it's definitely disappointing. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty clearly the best route runner on our team. He's also the fastest player on our team. I'd assume. Um, I, I think like, you know, if we don't lock him up by week three or four, uh, he, I mean, just imagine him in the Packers offense. <sighs> you know, next to Devontae Adams. Right, or, like, even random thoughts, like, say he goes to the Cardinals. Like, just completely any team like that with somebody that really can stretch the outside of the numbers on the field. Like. Oh, yeah. Man, uh, I I think there's just so, so much potential. I mean, we were hyping him up preseason of his his second year. And, (laughs) I mean, we could see it then. And we can still see it now. I mean, he had, I think, the worst catchable throw rating of any receiver in the NFL last year. Yeah. Of like a minimum target rating of however many. But, I mean, he was killing dudes. He was killing dudes on the outside. And Kyle just... His training camp this, this past season, we were all over him, man. Like, everyone in the fan base was all over him. And then just nothing from because of yeah. the quarterback situation. A uh, player profile actually he he um had the third largest cushion on average of any receiver oh, late wow. this year. That means teams were terrified he was going to run past them. Like they were just giving him wow. that cushion and Kyle Allen like I don't know. Middle arm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I do hope we bring him back for uh, you know when we get Justin Fields in here, but um, I don't know how much he's going to make though. I think that's a that's a valid you know question. Like, I think he could quite possibly make over ten million dollars per year. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, that that's what the thing is. It's like I really don't know what a contract for him would look like because I'm sure he knows his value or at least thinks he knows his value. So I don't think he's going to just try to take some cheap deal. A good team is going to give him a lot of money. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's the scary part for the Carolina Panthers. It's like, it's weird um, because it's like his production doesn't match up with how talented he actually is. So it's kind of like, is oh, he yeah. born to, you know, a large contract like that? Yeah. It, it's a really sure. weird situation. Like to say the least. Um, on like the rest that we were talking on the rundown here, what we were talking about, um, did the Panthers get better? I think that's another interesting question to think about. I have an answer. No, no, they did not get better. <laughs> I'm thinking from like Kyle Allen's Panthers last year to this year. Panthers. I don't like ignoring the fact that like Cam Newton used to be on our team. Are we going to be better next year overall with Ka- Teddy starting the whole year versus Kyle Allen starting the whole year? So I think, you know, the way I view it at least is, I mean, we lost probably the best linebacker, like the most talented, you know, smartest linebacker that's ever played in the NFL. We lost that. We lost our number one corner. Uh, We lost our best defensive tackle last year. We lost a lot of pass rushing. We lost, you know, Irvin and Addison. Addison was our sack leader for like three or four years in a row. Um we lost pretty much our best player at every position on defense and we didn't really replace them. So I think a lot of what Teddy Bridgewater did for new Orleans is he didn't necessarily win you games, but he did enough to where you wouldn't lose. You, if that makes you sense. won with them. You did, most quarterbacks are described either. You win because of them, you win with them or you win in spite of them. They won with Teddy, exactly. but like you were saying, I don't think the additions on offense outweigh the losses on defense at all. Our defense got so incredibly worse than it was last year, amazing. and I don't think that can be stated understated. And that's amazing in its own self because our defense last year was almost historically bad. So like, it was historically the worst run defense in NFL history. And it was technically our worst defense ever by srs that uh football reference uses so yeah so like we had that then we lost all of those guys you know who were pretty notable names then like dylan said didn't replace any of them so i just don't see how like unless they just you know play out of their minds that they can be anything remotely better than what they did last year yeah moving on uh christian mccaffrey this past week he signed a contract um the you know the ultra weary second contract for a running back has happened in carolina it is four years 64 million dollars uh most of which is guaranteed uh how are we feeling chase you start um i think if you operate under the assumption that there was no way we weren't going to pay him which i think that's probably a safe assumption um, that Herney and all them were always planning on paying him, then I honestly think the deal could be worse. I like We've seen much worse running back deals. I think Zeke, Gurley, when you're looking at the inner working details of how the money's loaded, how you can get out of it, I think we did a pretty good job with that. Now, if you look at it from like an entire perspective, 
maybe probably wasn't that smart to do that, but I mean, we kind of knew it was coming, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like Chase said, I mean, we knew it was going to happen, so, you know, just a matter of accepting accepting it. But honestly, I mean, shout out to our new guy, Samir Suleiman, because it's really not that <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I thought the deal was going to be a lot worse than it was because, you know, everybody in the media, you know, for the next running back contract, it was always Christian McCaffrey. You know, everybody was waiting to see what Christian McCaffrey was going to make because he's not necessarily like the other running backs that are getting paid you know todd Gurley, zeke elliott Le'Veon bell well Le'Veon bell to an extent uh but i mean he's just so much more of you know a receiving threat than any of those guys uh you know he could have come into the nfl draft as a slot receiver and still been a first round pick so i think that if the long-term plan is sort of transitioning him, you know, into more of just a receiving back, you know, purely receiving back, then I think, you know, I'm all for it. I certainly think it could have been a lot worse. Like you said, I, I was expecting myself, um, you know, just with Marty Herney's previous history in uh, contracts, uh, I was expecting around $20 million per year, which I'm thankful that it wasn't that high. But um, I, I mean, it could have been a lot worse for sure. What about you, Steve? Yeah, no, I mean, like I just said, um, definitely a lot better than I expected. And we get a potential out in 2023, which could be huge if, you know, things just kind of spiral in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, not, like, like we were saying, like, I don't think any of us are, like, just thrilled out of our minds, but it really remains to be seen if they really will, like, take that step to truly evolve his position, I guess. Because I think I think he's a legitimately good route runner that can do more than just catch the checkdowns. Like I think you could ask him to like run real routes, like we do DJ or something. I agree. And for sure, he's got the frame of a receiver as well, too. So I think he could legitimately, you know, be an outside threat. Um, I, I think it could work. I'm interested to see if it does, but I think we need him to have less carries for sure though. Like he can't be touching <laughs> the ball, you know, 300 times behind the line of scrimmage. That's just, it's not going to work long-term moving on. Uh, let's finally get into some draft stuff. So this Thursday we have the NFL draft via conference call. Um, <laughs> Goodell is going to be delivering picks, you know, from his basement. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I just think that's really, you know, NFL style. <laughs> Uh, so let's just define some of the Panthers' needs. Um, looking at the list, uh, pretty much every position on defense is one of need. Uh, I mean, like defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker, corner, safety. Pretty much every position on defense we need. Uh, you know, maybe linebacker we could get away with uh, not having somebody there. But, I mean, we just lost arguably the greatest linebacker of all time. So what do you think is the Biggest area of need for the Carolina Panthers? Cornerback. I agree, actually. I agree as well. Um, I mean, we said it earlier, Dante Jackson, not necessarily the greatest corner or even remotely good. Uh, I think, I mean, Corn Elder, <laughs> he showed some flashes this rookie year, but he has been terrible, 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 terrible. Um, this past year, I, I mean, every snap he played was 
Not good. That, that Seahawks performance in 2018 is legitimately one of the worst performances I've seen. We've we've seen a lot of bad corner performances here, like Benet Ben Wickery oh, back in I think it was 2017 against the Falcons. Yeah, I think that's you know probably the worst I've I seen. Would. But I mean Cornell, there's up there. Yeah, I was at that Falcons game and Julio had like damn near 300 yards. <laughs> oh, it was 300. Extremely yeah, <laughs> sad. But yeah, I think all of us pretty much think that if you have a number one cornerback, then you're pretty stout on defense. It makes everyone's job a whole lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see us address, you know, the defensive tackle position as well, just because we didn't really have anybody capable there last year or probably won't this year oh, as whoa, well. Whoa, whoa. KK. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, he's he's like he's getting up there, and he's coming off of a major injury. So, do we really think he's going to be the same? I actually think he will because he specializes in run stopping, which I think mm, I feel like pass rushing gets affected more as you age or have injuries. I I don't know. I feel like what he's really good at, maybe he can just like recover from. And he, I mean, he's not even that old, but you know what I'm saying. I. I think he'll be. I think he'll be able to be really good for at least like three to five more years. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see for sure. I the way I view it is, we're replacing Gerald McCoy with Kawan Short, essentially. Right. Um, and we just, I mean, nose tackle is like Woodrow Hamilton or something. Uh, <laughs> it's it it's pretty rough up there. Uh, but I mean, honestly, it could be worse up front i i just i mean it's pretty bad the way it is right now especially you know having the worst rush defense of all time last year so right it's basically bad everywhere on the defense yeah pretty much i mean you could honestly draft any defensive player and i would be okay with it as long as it's not like you know too big of a reach i agree yeah i mean and like you guys said we have KK, and we also still have Brian Burns, who is going to be special. I feel like, yeah, puts on a little. Bon bit, he puts on a little bit more weight, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I would just, I would love if Jadavion Clowney just decided mm-hmm. to come home for like a year on like a discount mm-hmm. contract. Could you imagine Jadavion Clowney on one side and Brian Burns on the other? We needed yeah. to have. I have some bad news. <laughs> 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 it's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, wishful thinking, I guess. But uh, let's go ahead and get into some of the possible draft picks. Uh, the first possible draft pick is a trade up or down. Um, I don't really see it happening. Uh, I could see us trading down more than trading up. Um, just mainly because you know, I guess Matt Rule wants his own guys. Uh, he wants to pick his own players, so I could see us kind of move back and him select, you know, his sort of guys, just collect assets, that sort of thing. Yeah, the trade up, I really, really hope doesn't happen, unless they're like so dead set on Tua and just going all in on him or whatever. Even then, it's a little eh. But trading back, we'll we'll get into it when we talk about some more of these players. But there's like a line of where I'm like. Like the last guy I'd want before I'd want to trade back. 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like trading down would be the only trade option for me at seven. Trading up, I, I don't really see anyone who I would want to trade up for or, like, you know, at least give up a lot of picks for it. I mean, two would be the only Justin one. Herbert. No. <laughs> Definitely not him. If, honestly, he might be the only guy that if they say his name at seven, then I might start crying. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really see the need to trade up for anybody. I mean, if like Chase Young somehow fell to, uh, you know, the four or five range, like if he had a Laramie Tunsil type ordeal, <laughs> um, you know, I would probably, you know, sell the farm to go up and go up to there and get him. Uh, I mean, he's probably the only one I would do that for. Uh, if you're really like if the Carolina Panthers are really sold on Tua, then I could I could see, you know, a scenario in which I'd be okay with trading up for him. Again, it would really depend on how much they gave up. It, I mean, that would be the number one thing is how much are you willing to give up to go up and get your guy? And at that point, is it really even worth it? So I think that's the only, you know, only kind of thing. And we'll talk about, you know, some of these other guys that you, you know, you could sort of move back and hope that they fall to you. Uh, let's start with these offensive tackles, though. Uh, the two highest rated, or at least it seems that they seem to be, you know, the, the consensus top two tackles are uh, Iowa offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs, you know, on the right side. Some say he could flip inside a guard. Um, and Alabama tackle Jedrick Wills, who he was to his blindside uh, blocker, but he could probably play left or right side what do you guys think of these two guys i like both of them pretty much equally i'd say i have them like 1a 1b like if they were our pick at seven somehow then i would i would be happy with that because definitely need some hog mollies in front on offense <laughs> uh both of them i beckton's probably my favorite offensive lineman if i'm keeping it honest but he's mean you said what he's mean <laughs> <laughs> but Six eight, like three sixty. Yeah, he's three hundred and sixty five pounds. Like that is ridiculous. I need that on my team. But like, as for these guys, like we were all saying, like I like both of them. Seven, I wouldn't. They're kind of the pick where like either of them, I wouldn't be upset if we took them at seven. I don't know if I'd be thrilled because I almost feel like we could maybe get them just a tad later. But yeah, I think that you know if you want an offensive tackle. Uh, there's, you know, there's four main ones in this class. You know, you already mentioned them, Beckton, there's Wirfs and Wills, who we just talked about. And then there's Andrew Thomas. I think if you could move back to, you know, the 11 to 13 range, you could probably get one of them still. Uh, I mean, there's no guarantees, obviously, but you could probably pick up an extra second and possibly third round pick while you're doing that. Um, but I think it, I know, I mean, it just really depends on which tackle you like. The Panthers might be in a position to where all four of them are on the board and they might, you know, trade back anyways and say, you know what, we'll let other teams decide who they want and we'll take the best one remaining, you know? So I could see that sort of happening. Uh, one guy that you really are not in favor of, Chase, is Alabama receiver Jerry Judy. Uh, I personally would be for it. But uh, explain yourself. I just so I actually was thinking about this earlier because I know you love Judy. But so 
my thinking is with all these holes on the team, do we really need to spend it on another receiver when he wouldn't, it's not even like he would be, I don't even think it's a situation that we were in two years ago where we were bare to the bones at wide receiver. Like we were just talking about earlier, Curtis DJ and Robbie alone is probably our best receiving core ever since Steve, uh, Steve Smith, Moosin, and we had Ricky Prohl like rolling around in the slot. So I just don't think it makes sense to like maybe marginally improve at wide receiver when we can greatly improve somewhere else, especially with our first round pick. It will have been the third first round pick we've used on a receiver in the past seven drafts. And in that same time frame, we'd spent two more on a second round pick. And so it just, it's like, it ain't working out for us. So let's just maybe not focus on that. Yeah, I mean, I I 100% agree with what you just said. But if they take Jerry Judy at seven, then you will hear no complaints from me. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is a baller. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to – the thing is, in the NFL, you either have a legitimate number one top ten receiver or you don't. And I think, you know, just having one of those guys makes you just a much better team in general. I think, you know, those types of guys, I mean, I, I think my comp for Jerry Judy is probably like Amari Cooper, uh, where he's just an incredible route runner, probably the best route runner in the draft in the past five or six years. He's just, I mean, I would not be mad if they took him. He's not my top option, uh, but I would not be mad if they decided they wanted Jerry Judy. Again, uh, I think, you know, diversifying your, your weapons at wide receiver would help. Uh, I'm not saying it would help the most by any means, especially with some of the other guys that we're about to discuss. Uh, however, again, I would not be mad with Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, or Henry Ruggs if we want to take it that far. Ruggs is probably too far from me, but yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. Judy and CD, you, I would, I would. You I took would. it way too far when you said Ruggs. <laughs> I like Ruggs. I, I mean, like, I just don't want, I pretty much like if you want John Ross have, in second, that's okay with me. But. Hey, he's, not, he's not John Ross bad, all right? He's not John Ross bad. He can actually, you know, run after the catch. He can actually, you know, catch the ball, hold on to the ball. So I like, I like Henry Ruggs. Let's talk about some of the defensive tackles, though. Um, these are probably two of the more mocked players to the Carolina Panthers. Um, we'll start with Derek Brown. He's the one I see on about 60 to 70% of the mock drafts that I view. Derek Brown, uh, you know, he's a, he's a nose tackle, and he's pretty good at run defense. And he kind of obliterated LSU's offensive line when I watched that game. And uh, I would not be mad if we took Derek Brown. Yeah, I agree. Derek Brown is, I feel like, extremely good at what he is good at. Um at seven, I'm a little, I'm a little suspect of it. I'm one of those like you know, run stuffers in the top ten aren't okay kind of guys. But if yeah, he's the pick, yeah, I get yeah, that. If he's the pick, though, I mean, I'm not gonna be mad. I feel like he's a good player and can immediately plug in and play for our team. Yeah, I think this whole quarantine thing has like made people would be even more to the draft as they normally like be even more into the draft as they priorly would have been. And so I think we've kind of reached the point where there's just some things we're kind of overthinking. We see it with the two and Herbert thing. And I think we're just seeing it where people are trying to like talk themselves out of Derek Brown being good. 
Like, it's not the... Like, maybe he wouldn't be the best value guy at 7, but his film is good. Like, really good. Um, And so I I don't think the sky's falling if we take him at 7, like I've seen some people really, like, treat it as. Yeah, so the way I view it is I would be just slightly underwhelmed if it were Derek Brown. Um, I mean, coming, like, right out of the college football season, this guy was probably most people's number two overall player yeah. behind only chase young so i mean if you if you go back to january and you look at you know all the big boards he's number two on like 90 percent of them he's just you know he's a really really good film guy I didn't test well at the combine but i don't really think that matters for what you want Derek brown to do he's just you know a strength right in the middle of your defense kind of guy um i don't think he's you know He's got like all NFL potential, but I mean, he's probably going to be a good player. One of the more surefire guys, in my opinion. I agree. I wish if if he was to pick, I wish Luke were still here because he'd be a dog behind him. <laughs> That'd be a match made in heaven. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the other defensive tackle that I've seen a lot of people pound the table for. Uh, Javon Kinlaw. He's more of a of a three three tech kind of B gap kind of player, but he's just a phenomenal pass rusher from the inside. And uh, I've seen, you know, a lot of people say that he would go well in a versatile scheme. Like, you know, Phil snow has been kind of, kind of, you know, wanting in Carolina Matt rule as well. So I think that he would be a solid fit. I wouldn't be mad if he were the guy I actually prefer him to Derek Brown. Uh, I, I mean, that might just be the game cock in me, but you know, I like Kinlaw. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I like Kinlaw. I wouldn't be mad about him. I feel like he's almost kind of in that, and like with those guys where we talked about trading back a couple picks and you know stocking up on one or two extra picks and you know getting a D tackle right there. I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah, um, I can definitely tell it's the cock in you that has you saying that. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I mean, like you were saying, like if we're if the goal was like to have this disgusting pass rush, and that's really what they're going for, then I mean, I I could I can understand picking him over Brown, um, but like we were saying, either way, I'd probably be slightly underwhelmed, but like happy, satisfied with it. But that's also the line where I'd also be okay with moving back if he was the best, if one of them were the best available. Speaking of underwhelming, uh, next we're going to talk about Florida cornerback C.J. Henderson, which I've seen like a lot of you know people talking about how he would be a really good option for us, and um, you know we do need a corner. I just I can't see him being the guy if we stay at seven. No way. I agree. I, he's definitely been a hot topic lately. I feel like I've seen some people say he might go for a CUDA and things like that. And I was, watching his, I was watching his tape today. And I mean, like, I feel like he's solid. He's like a pretty like good fluid corner, but I don't know if I'm taking him in the top 10. Yeah. And corner is one of those positions where it's like, you either have, you either have that stud that's going to do a good job against top receivers, or it's like, even if you're an average corner, they're probably going to get killed just as much as a below average corner against the super elite guys. And so it's just kind of like, um, if that's the best option available, if Isaiah Simmons is gone, if 
Browns. Like, there's not even enough spots for all of the other better options to be gone and him be the best available. So it would just, I don't see it happening unless we're back in the teens somehow. Yeah, if we move back, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be angry at the pick by any means. Uh, if we stayed put, I, I mean, I'd just be, you know, like the two defensive linemen, I'd be a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, the thing about Henderson is he's just, I watched him today. He is just so inconsistent. Uh, you know, one game, he'll just be absolutely, you know, a shut down corner. And another one, he'll give up 100 some yards and a touchdown. So, it, you know, he's a man corner, which would be different from what we've had in the past. I mean, we've just had, you know, zone corners, zone press guys. But having a man corner, uh, I think that would be, you know, he can't really tackle well. <laughs> and um, that sounds familiar. It, it kind of takes, I mean, <laughs> look at the other side of the line. Uh, with Dante Jackson. So, I mean, I wouldn't be angry if we took CJ Henderson, if we moved down, uh, I would be very disappointed if he were the pick at seven. Agreed. Cause I mean, even going through in my head, I just don't see how like just spitballing here, Akuda, Simmons, Brown, Kinlaw, Wirfs or Wills, and Judy. Judy that's already seven people and that's just assuming no quarterback gets taken and Chase Young didn't get taken so like there's just no way he'd be our the option we'd all want the most at seven <laughs> yeah I think he's a solid you know if we move back to like the the 13 to 16 sort of range you know I'd be you know I, I'd give it the thumbs up especially you know that probably means we're adding a second or third round pick too so by all means if you move down go ahead but if you stay at seven, you should not take him. You shouldn't even really think about it. Yeah. You know, um, this guy, I know neither of you like him. Um, I only like him if we trade down a tremendous, um, you know, if we trade down like 20 spots. Uh, Utah State quarterback, Jordan Love. Nope. <laughs> I don't not like Love. <laughs> I wouldn't take him with. All right, actually, I'm not going to go that far on here, but I was going to say I wouldn't take him with the last pick in the draft, but that's probably not true. Um, I just, I think people, I saw someone say this the other day, is I think people are trying to look at why they missed on seeing how good Mahomes was going to be, and so they're over-projecting that on the love, and I really, truly think that's what's happening, and I think somebody's going to make a grave mistake by their front office doing that and drafting him. Yeah, I don't even really even get all that Mahomes stuff because like Mahomes was kind of a baller in college, you know. Like, yeah, people his... people overstate how much of like how bad he was with the ball. Like people like to say turn it over all this amount, but it wasn't really like that bad. Yeah, like his production was still like pretty crazy. But I mean, like with love, like I mean, I'm not definitely not definitely not at seven with love but i mean if he's there in the second round and they really think that they can do something with him like i wouldn't hate it i'm not exactly for it but i mean i just i don't know i wouldn't do it <laughs> i mean the way i define it is i wouldn't spend a high enough pick on him to where you couldn't justify selecting a quarterback in next year's draft um, right i think he is probably a guy you could target in the second round um if you really really believed in his talent however he does have a lot of flaws um, yes 
He he. <laughs> I mean, he's got the arm. I'll say that. I still don't think his uh, arm is as strong as he thinks. Some of those like corner routes were just like I'm, I'm wondering what's going on there. But I mean, just like like he just doesn't have a care in the world. Like, you know right. I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. 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 If, if they're dead, I mean, they're dead set on taking like a flyer on a QB, which is what you'd be doing if you drafted Love. I keep saying this. Anthony Gordon's my guy. If they felt if they felt like the utter need to take a random flyer on somebody, do it with him, please. Yeah, the way I do it is I kind of view PJ Walker as a draft pick and sort of like a project that, you know, he's probably gonna start a game in the next two years. I would not doubt that. Um the way I view it is I mean, he could be like the quarterback that, you know, you you quote unquote drafted this past year. Um right. I just think that, you know, he, he's unpredictable. We don't know what he is. Uh, you know, XFL kind of just dismantled. I think they just filed for bankruptcy. So, I mean, he was quite easily their best player. Uh, it's just a matter of if that's going to translate into the NFL. It probably won't translate all the way. Uh, but who knows? We might have, you know, a top 30 or so quarterback on our roster. Next, um, I've seen, this is probably, you know, other than Derek Brown, the most common player I've seen mocked to the Panthers, and it's Isaiah Simmons. I don't really want to pin him down to one sort of position, but I think that he's just a defensive weapon. You know, you could put him anywhere and he'd be effective. This is the guy that has Panther fans going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone is talking about Isaiah Simmons. And he, I mean, for good reason, he's an absolute specimen. I feel like you kind of just put him on defense and just let him, let him just do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> You know, from a marketing perspective, like I just know that the Panthers' like social team knows how much they can do with him. Not only the fact from Clemson, but like fans, I've seen so many fans. They love posting that graphic where it's like, "Oh, he played this many snaps here, this many snaps here." Like he's played eight different positions. Like people love that type of stuff, and you just know the Panthers' social media team will have a filled day with that if we draft him. They already do that with McCaffrey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it almost just already makes too much sense. Like, I'd be very happy with it. You sent that, uh, I think, Dylan, you sent that post today where it was like, Isaiah Simmons is the Black Panther. And it's like, oh, God, like, it's already started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's a match made in heaven. Uh, There are some players that I do like above him. We'll get to them in a second. But I think that he's just... He's probably a safety. I think NFL teams are going to try and pin him down at linebacker. I don't think he's, you know, is good enough in the middle, like in the middle as a linebacker to, you know, justify playing him over that. I just think his long speed and his athleticism, if you put him over the top as a single high safety and let him work, that's just, I mean, he would be so, so good. I mean, Whoever drafts him needs to use Simmons like the Chargers use Derwin James. And if the Chargers draft Simmons, I I don't know. <laughs> that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, I don't know where you like what position you put him at. I don't know if you do put him at a position. Like I just don't think that's. I think Phil. I, I think Phil Snow would love yeah. him being a college guy. Like I think he would utilize him better than most pro 
uh, coaches because, you know, he's been in the college game. He knows how much versatility can really, really help a team. Mm-hmm. He's, he's basically literally just like, you know, like an NCAA game, just like athlete. That's just him. <laughs> just put him on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except, you know, he's, you know, athletes in those games are kind of underwhelming. Um, he's not underwhelming yeah, at for all. Sure. He's just, he's an athlete. He's just, <laughs> I mean, you could play him at edge rusher and he'd get you, I mean, 12 sacks a season. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going that far, but he'd definitely be productive. Put him opposite of Brian Burns. I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I just feel like something, I just feel like that's, it's, he's going to end up being the pick. It just, I don't know. I could see it. I could really see the Panthers, you know. I know Matt Rule wants a signature piece. I don't think you can miss on Isaiah Simmons if you play him correctly. My main weakness for Simmons isn't about him. It's about NFL teams using him correctly. And I think if he can find a team, uh, hopefully it might be the Panthers. Um, if he can find a team that you know really uses him well, he's going to be a Pro Bowl player easily. Might be a Pro Bowl as a rookie player. So I really, really, really like Simmons. Um, these are probably the two best players that, you know, two best case scenario sort of things. We need a lot to happen for either of them to become realistic. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is Ohio State defensive back Jeffrey Akuda. Oh my gosh. Um, I want him on the Panthers so very much. I think he's the next great corner. I think he's going to be a top five corner in the NFL. I he doesn't have any weakness. I think, at all. I think he's going. I'm saying this now. I think he's going to be better than Jalen Ramsey. He's. I want. This, I, I want this guy on my team so bad. I will order his jersey as soon as I know his damn number that he's going to wear for the Panthers. I want this dude on the Panthers so bad. I might. I maybe would cut off one of my toes to get him on the Panthers. <laughs> so, I like him enough to where I would consider taking him over Tua if he were there. That's how much I like Jer- I mean, he's just so athletic. He's a shutdown corner. He can hit. He's just oh man. I need Steve, him. Steve, talk about his ball skills a little bit, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he has bad ball skills. It's just dude, those two what was it? Those like his clip at the combine when he was just like trying to track the ball, like this is so funny. He really had like no idea where the ball was at. Like he lost in the lights, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what was up with that, but I mean, I definitely think if he is there at seven, then and two is not there, then he is like the obvious number one pick for us. Yeah, I I love Akuda so much. The one part that concerns me is that NFL teams. I mean. According to a lot of people, they really, really like CJ Henderson. And what do NFL teams know? I think, like, let's just think, what's that? Well, like, on average, what do NFL teams know? Not a lot. <laughs> I mean, they, that, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't know. No, all right, I, I mean that joking. Like, they obviously know way more than us. But like, also, Herney thought Will Greer was QB one over Kyler. So like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like what I'm what I'm saying is I'm afraid that we might be one of the teams that has Henderson above Akuda. Oh, okay. I see what and you're saying. 
I mean, I don't really trust Marty Herney's corner evaluation. Um, this dude drafted Dante Jackson in the second round, which at the time I thought it was a reach. Um, right now, especially, I think it was a reach. He's just, he's not good. There's not a single quarter on our team that's worth anything. Um, and I think Akuda could change that. My question is, is he really going to take him over CJ Henderson? And I, I heard like a third of NFL teams have Henderson above Akuda, which is, I mean, that's just, that floors me, uh, that any team would ever believe that, especially based on the 2019 tape and not 2018. But I think Akuda has to be the guy, you know, if Tua is not there. If Akuda is there and you pass on him for like Derek Brown, I don't know what I'm gonna do. If Okuda is there and they take CJ Henderson above Okuda, then we have to rally at Bank of America, right? Like, dude, I can't even imagine how furious I will be. Here's the thing: I think Okuda will be there at seven. See, I still don't know that, but the the rare case that you pointed out like a couple minutes ago was if Okuda and Tua are both there, how you were saying you would even consider Okuda, I think there's like a 0% chance of that happening. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the way I see it is, all right, so I think my belief is that NFL teams have Derek Brown in their top three. Like most NFL teams view Derek Brown as a top three player in this, in this class. And typically... Typically, corners tend to fall just a little bit. Um, I like to point out the the Marshawn Lattimore, um, you know, the comparison there. He was expected to be, you know, a top three overall pick. I think he was mocked to the Bears back in 2017, uh, you know, before they traded up for Trubisky. <laughs> um, but he fell, he fell all the way to the uh, the late lottery. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The, uh, you know, the early, the, he fell at 12 or 13 or something like that. Um, confused basketball with football there uh but you know corners and secondary players in general tend to fall just a little bit uh they don't really go as high as expected especially the top guys um so what i i mean what i think and this might be wishful thinking is i think Derek brown is going to go to the detroit lions especially you know knowing you know their their head coach is a He's a defensive sort of guy. He's he's looks like a hog molly too. Um, you know, I think they'll go Derek Brown, especially with their. I think Damon Harrison retired this past year, so I think they'll try and get some more beef on the defensive line. That's my guess, but that's the first thing that needs to happen. Now, after that, I I mean, Dave Gettleman's an idiot, so he's not gonna take he's not gonna take him right. So. The only thing with the whole you're really looking at uh, the only thing ahead. with the Lions though is that they lost Darius Slay. So yeah, I still think the Lions are going to take him. I'm, I'm like, I'm still going to take him. So what we need to happen, in my view, is I think the Lions need to take Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons or whoever. Um, you know, the first two are set in stone. You know, LSU quarterback. Uh, Joe Burrow's going first overall to the Bengals. And Ohio State edge rusher Chase Young's going to the Redskins. After that, um, you know, we need Herbert to be one of the guys for either L.A. or Miami. Not sure which one. And we probably need Tua to be the other guy. So 
you're looking at, you know, Derek Brown, Tua, Burrow, um, you know, the top guys. You're maybe, hopefully, um, the Giants pass on Akuda for an offensive tackle or Justin Herbert or whoever. Um, I saw that rumor earlier today, and I mean, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me either. So you just you need a lot to happen. Yeah. Crazier things have happened before, um, especially, you know, trades from, I mean, like the, the you know, the tens could just that could they could come up and he could fall. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the Falcons do want to move up too, which I do wonder what they're really looking to take. I would assume it's got to be Okuda. I can't think of anything else. They maybe they really want to, uh, I don't know, but so, so what I saw is I think Rappaport mentioned him by name. Uh, they want Henderson according to, to Rappaport. So I think that's the guy they're looking at. I just at. feel like there's no way um, they take him top five because I also saw a report that they're trying to get into the top five. And I'm like, how do you move into the top five just to – well, not just. It's not like he's going to be bad. But how do you move into the top see, five and then take him? I don't know. I mean, another one of their needs is defensive tackle. They might be going for a Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw as well. So I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Uh, so on to the last guy that we we've been talking about, uh, Tua. It's Tua time. The dream scenario. Uh, I have to say, whenever our British friend kept mentioning <laughs> Tua for the past few months, I just laughed it off every time. I'm like, haha, There's literally no way they like get to him. That was practically the my. Like we get him. That was practically the Miami Dolphins like team hashtag for this entire season. But over the past like week or so, like I said, people are just starting to overthink things. It's seeming more likely than ever that it could maybe happen. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a couple of things have happened. Um, Justin Herbert, apparently, I mean, teams love him now. I don't get it. I never will. Um, they, I just, I don't understand it, but the Giants have had a meeting with him. The Lions have met with him and both the Chargers and Dolphins, according to whoever, think that he's a better or safer option than to attack of Iloa. So, I mean, I've, I've even seen that, you know, the Dolphins don't, I mean, they might pass on Tua for like an offensive tackle. I, I mean, it would be crazy. And I would never understand it, but I mean, I've seen that as a possibility. So this past week, um, the Wonderlick scores were released, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't, I will never understand why they still do this. Um, but I mean, stock has dropped uh, for Tua after the Wonderlick scores were released, even though. There's no correlation between quarterback success and the Wonderlick score. Um, in fact, Chase, you made a graph and the chart is actually negative. So, <laughs> so the worse you are at the Wonderlick, hey, I mean, I don't want to say it, but you, you might just be a better quarterback. But uh, like, really, I think the, the simplest road to Tua uh, somehow falling to the Panthers is this. Um, one, we're assuming no team trades up because I think if someone trades into the top five, there's like an 80% chance it would be for Tua. Um, so that, 
and then the Chargers and Dolphins both can't draft a QB. Because like you said, maybe Herbert goes before Tua, but there's no way there's another quarterback that will go before Tua. So we'd have to All right, like so no team would have <laughs> no team would have to trade up and then either Miami or LA gets a QB and it's Herbert. They both can't get a QB. That's basically like the simplest way to think about it. But yeah, so the way I see it, um, it's actually opposite of you. So the way I see it is the Chargers have to leapfrog the Dolphins. They have to trade up to that third overall pick to get Justin Herbert. Um, I don't care what they give up. I genuinely don't care, uh, you know, what they part with. It's just they have to move up and get Justin Herbert. After that, doesn't matter what the Giants do. Um, Dave Gettleman's never traded down. Um, he's probably going to take somebody um, that we never even considered. He's probably going to take like a third round defensive end or something like that. Um, and then the Dolphins have to take an offensive tackle or anything other than Tua. After that, the Lions are pretty much stuck with Matt Stafford for the next three or so years. They don't even have really a potential out. So I just, I can't see them, you know, trading down both twice or selecting Tua. So the way I see it is two things need to happen. Chargers need to move up to that third overall pick. Wait, time out. Um, why do, if, if, the Dol- if we're assuming the Dolphins have to take a tackle anyway, why do the Chargers need to move up to take Herbert? Because I think the Dolphins would take Herbert, and then okay. the Chargers would take Tua. Okay, I don't so think they would do that. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't think that I don't see that happening either. I mean, granted, we don't really know exactly what the teams think, but are you operating under the assumption that like the Chargers hundred percent want a QB, and the Dolphins? I don't? think because I, I think if any, if between one of those two teams, either of them is going to take a quarterback, no matter what, I think it's Miami. Mm-hmm. I think at least one of them will take a quarterback, right? But I also think Miami's willing to wait another year for one of the top guys next year rather than, you know, take their chance with, you know, to attack of Iloa. See, I guess I just the Dolphins went had the same record as us last year and they were purposely tanking. Like, I mean, I know Fitzpatrick has his moments where he's actually good, but I think their coach is too good, and I think they have too many assets in this draft, and too many solid young guys to where they think they're going to be in the position for a top five pick next year. Yeah, so usually the way, I mean, the way I see it, at least, is you build up your team, and then you take a quarterback, and I think that's how, you know, the, 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 the Patriots have always built their team and i mean their front office is mostly you know pats guys so i think that if you can surround a quarterback with a team before he's even on the roster um that would just tremendously you know help the entire you know success of a franchise so i could see them um passing on you know tua or herbert uh you know when the draft happens i think I think one of the two teams will overthink it. But obviously the big key is, you know, five and six. What are the Miami Dolphins and the LA Chargers going to do? I just, I think that the Chargers, I mean, I've watched a lot of Tyrod Taylor. There's no way they think he's the guy, especially if Anthony Lynn is, you know, on the hot seat next year. I just, I can't see it. I think that might be the case. 
I just but, feel like the Miami is going to Miami this, and they're going to take Herbert over Tua, and then the Chargers aren't going to take Tua. And then they're going to sign Cam. Yeah, they're, they're going to sign Cam. I would love that, they're, too. They're I mean, going to get closer to Cam. And this is no – like, I think Tyrod is probably like, – could have been a starter the past couple of years, maybe not a good one, but I think he's in that same group of guys where you say he's a low end starter. He's a high end backup. Some guys just get more fortunate than others with starting roles, but I just don't like they're built to win. Now they're completely different than the dolphins. The dolphins coach couldn't be further away from the hot seat. He's in damn Antarctica sitting <laughs> down they have all these assets coming up. Their books are going to be like, they have all, they're probably, I think they're going to have all this money to spend. There's not any real expectations coming up. The chargers aren't like that at all. They might've went five and 11 last year, but we know chargers luck. They lost a million one score games. Their quarterback's arm was completely dead and they had went 12 and four the year before they're built to win right now. If you get, they need Cam. if you get cam and he's even like, 2018 cam where like he's not super cam but he's pretty damn efficient uh i think you are like the third best team in the afc Agreed. people forget how good cam was the first half of that year too like he was he was i mean like an mvp candidate type of guy yeah like he, he was never gonna win it because of Mahomes, but I, I think you're saying oh, yeah. he, he he had he had like some of his best efficiency. I don't think he was amazing, but he was really really efficient. Oh yeah, if if you can get Cam to that sort of level, I think the Chargers definitely would jump all over that. Um, I still I think they're sold on. I be, I think both of the two teams are sold on Herbert, and whoever doesn't get him is going to do something panicky. And I don't know if panicky's drafting Tua. Um, it's not for the Panthers, and hopefully they realize that. Um, it could be, you know, it could be an offensive tackle. I could very well see that with either team. It could be a, you know, Isaiah Simmons type of guy. But I think, I mean, one of those two teams is going to have to pass on a That's quarterback. That's what I think the Chargers are going to do because I feel like, cause like Chase said, they're in win now mode. So I feel like they wouldn't gamble on taking Tua, who's coming off of his injuries, when they can get Herbert, who's healthy. Or sign a guy like Cam. Uh, agreed. So, like I don't think even if they draft a quarterback this year, I don't think in their mind he'll be the starter. Like if they took Herbert, I right. think in their mind Tyrod's still the starter. So who is going to move up then to possibly leapfrog Carolina and get to a who who could. I, yeah, who who do you think could? I think it could be some surprise teams. Like I was mentioning earlier. Hell, it could be Atlanta. People within house might know more than we do. Matt Bryan had a good year last year, but if they think a year or two from now, his arm might not be what it was. I mean, you never know. Some teams try to get ahead on those things. Jacksonville could do it. Yes, Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, they could. And they need a quarterback. Oh, that's right. They have extra picks. And they need a quarterback, Ooh. so they could definitely yep. So, so I guess it'd be Jacksonville and Atlanta. I don't know if they have the assets. They have like 12 picks this draft, but they don't have many high picks. Patriots, Dark Horse, who knows? Um, I could see, you know, I could see Dallas. I don't. If they, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, and this is like, you know, very, very, very far off, like 0. 0.00, however many. But, you know, I could see Jerry saying, you know what? We're never going to get this deal done. 
and <laughs> I could see, you know, him pulling the trigger on Tua. Uh, other than that, you know, the, Tampa maybe. See, see, they're they're they want to win a Super Bowl this year. They're not. They do. So that's why I don't think they will. They, the only other team that we that besides like I guess New England, Atlanta, Jacksonville maybe Dallas because I did hear like one person say that the only other team I could even fathom doing it wouldn't even be moving up to do it it'd be the Lions and that's like a big maybe I don't think there's any way they can I mean they can't really justify it with even if they trade Stafford they're still going to have to pay him a tremendous amount of money for the next three or four years so rookie deal like I've, I've seen people mention like Stafford getting traded to like the Pats and that would be scary, first off, terrifying. Patriots definitely went in the Super Bowl. But regardless, that's the only way it really would happen is if they somehow found a trade partner for Stafford and a team that would take on some of that money. But like you said, very unlikely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's it's probably Miami or LA. So the first thing is we need all of the rumors to be true. <laughs> <laughs> that the team really think that Herbert is better than Tua. We need that to be 100% true. We need to be the one team that does not believe that. <laughs> and we need either Miami or LA and Detroit to say, you know what? We're not going to trade out and we're not going to take a quarterback. So, so end of the day, again, we're not going to get Tua. Yeah, like, knowing, listen, we knowing might, our luck, we, I think it's a lot more likely than it was a week knowing ago. Knowing our luck oh. with Herney, he's going to have Tua and Herbert available, and he'll pick Herbert. Dude, oh my god. <laughs> I do agree. Our chances have probably doubled in the past week from 1% to 2%, but, uh, See, you know, that's kind of... I'm afraid... I think Okuda's I'm a lot afraid, more likely than Tua. I'm afraid that we would pass on him. That would be... I'm afraid that we would pass on Tua. Yeah. I I just think that, you know, Will Greer was the number one quarterback for Marty Herney last year. I mean, to be fair, he's he's got a point. We don't we don't know what he is yet. He could be the number one quarterback from last year, but <laughs> Yeah, no, no. No, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> no, but yeah, I I don't know. I'd like to think we would just pull the trigger. I think the only way they don't is if Okuda is also there, but there's literally no way they're both there for us. Yeah, there's no way both players are there. It's either one or the other. Um, I would be tremendously happy with either of them. Uh, you know, I would, <laughs> I would probably get either jersey uh, whenever they become available. You know, to a rock in that old Benjamin 13 would be that'd be pretty awesome yeah, yeah um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't get to his jersey I'm I'm like happy with the idea that we could get him but like I'm not sold on him as like a star but Okuda definitely say we don't get to a which I still don't think we will I think the next couple years it, it could be really strange because we're not getting Trevor we're just not um yeah I don't think well I mean if they really wanted Trevor, I don't think they would have signed Teddy Bridgewater. And then after that, team placement's going to be all that comes down to uh, who gets filled, whether he goes two, three, four, five, somewhere in that range. I, I don't know. Yeah, as long as you know, as long as it's not one of our divisional rivals, um, and we assuming we could get more draft capital somehow, some way. Um, my assumption is we'll be a bottom five team next year. I think the trade up is possible 
Um, but even if we don't get him, I know there are some other guys like Jamie Newman, who was, you know, he's been promising, just transferred to Georgia as well. So there are some other guys. After that, it gets kind of, I mean, after that, it's just really distant in the future. Yeah, like, I we think can't, Sam Howell. Yeah, I mean, we can't project too much. I mean, no one would have said Burrow this time last year. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if, if two is there, you can't pass on a quarterback of his potential. When you're in the, posi- when, when you're in the position we're in. Yeah, you don't know when you're going to be drafting that high again. Um, that's just not, it's not a risk you can take. I think Tepper knows that. I think Tepper knows that, you know, coming by a quarterback of this caliber that's been highly sought after for however long he's been in college, um, it doesn't come around every day. And I think if you're in the position to take one and you pass on it for a defensive tackle that stops the run, you are significantly worse off. I agree. Yep. All right. Well, uh, you know, enough about Tua. Um, we, we've only spent about 20 minutes talking about Tua. That's okay. Um, oh, yeah. What's the uh, what's the dream pick other than, you know, Tua and Jeffrey Akuda? I think those are the top two for every one of us, everybody at the Queens Guard. Um, what's like, you know, the dream guy? I guess the third option, you know, for you guys. For me, I would probably say either Isaiah Simmons or I assume he probably won't be there. So likely trade down <laughs> just to get more asset. Um, I guess I will say I'll say trade down with adding a second. If we can trade down with adding a second round pick as opposed to a third round. Mm-hmm. Okay, trade down. So then we have three top 60 picks. I'll be happy. Yeah. I would be ecstatic if we got another second round pick. Um, Right now, I'd say there's like a 20% chance that we get Tua and like a 20% chance we get Akuda. I know that's probably a little bit generous. That's probably a little bit generous. For both? Yeah. You know know what? I'll move it down to to 15 for each. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a 30 a 30 percent chance we leave the night you know happy um if we do get either of those guys uh it's emergency podcast time um however i think you know the dream other than that if i had to pick a player in particular uh you know i think it's probably isaiah simmons i think he's just he's extremely talented um, if I, you know, if I'm just choosing anything, I would definitely want to move down to like, you know, I think the Broncos want to move up. So if we could get like a second round pick from them, uh, move to like 15, that sort of range, I'd be pretty happy. Yep. Yeah. That's basically about as far as I'm going to go down. I've seen a couple scenarios where we move down to like 24 or five uh, and we get an additional first round pick next year. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that's that. That's interesting. I mean, I guess is like eventually, like we're getting so like so many trade scenarios that most of them probably aren't likely. But like you were saying, oh, yeah. if we if we move into the teens, is probably as far back as I'd want to go. And then like if I had to do like an order after like so two of the Okuda, then three for me would be trade back with an extra second rounder, then Simmons, then Brown, then trade back with an extra third rounder. 
That'd probably be my order. I like that. I like that. So the the official Queen's Guard, you know, big board ranking number one to attack of Iloa. Um, that's you know that's that's the guy, right? That's the guy. Number two, Jeffrey Akuda, and number three. I mean, it doesn't matter after those two. I mean, it's either of those, and then we'll just we'll say Simmons. Sad. That's you know Simmons. We can just say that. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be upset with that. <laughs> he, he's probably going to... Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I wouldn't be upset with Simmons either. I think he's a future star. All right, guys. Uh, go ahead and uh, plug your, your Twitter and anything you're working on, stuff like that. Oh, you know, Chase Butcher 4, you can find me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. At, uh, what am I now, Steve's Tweets underscore after my Twitter went down. <laughs> RIP. <laughs> uh, at NBA Draft Dylan, and um, this is—I was about to say the eleventh pick podcast, but it's not the eleventh pick podcast. We haven't done an episode of that in like half a year. Sadly, that is, I think our last one was the, uh, the post draft, and we were like really mad. And I think we, were, we ended it off by saying like, "Yeah, we don't know if we're up to be back." And we never. <laughs> 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 I do remember that now. Um, I do recall. Hopefully, we'll be back. Um, if we're not, it probably means we drafted Justin Herbert. <laughs> All right. This is. I mean, I think the name we're choosing is Weekend at Hernies. No. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Weekend at Hernies. All right. And after the draft, which. Oh yeah. Got the pre and post draft episode and might bring it back when the season starts up. But um, this is Weekend at Ernie's, and uh, hopefully, we are happy after the draft. Peace.